Hi, welcome to the Plus Up podcast brought to you by Media Plus Advisors. I'm Perry Ann Grignon, one of the partners at Media Plus Advisors, a consultancy specializing in the media, marketing, and advertising industry. Today, I'm joined by my two colleagues, partners and friends, Carly Feinstein and Susan George. And Susan is going to introduce today's guest. Yes, I'm actually really excited. Today, we're going to talk about the resurgence of audio, the rise of podcasts, which is something very close to our hearts, and measuring audiences within this space. So today, we have Tony Hero, VP Cross-Platform Insights at Nielsen, and he's going to um, you know, help provide an overview of all things audio. So welcome, Tony. Thanks so much. Do you want to give our listeners a little bit of background on you before we jump in? Yeah, I'm a 20-plus year veteran of Arbitron and Nielsen. I've uh, got pretty much audio running through my veins. I deal with it on a daily basis. Uh, I'm VP across platform insights, but my friends call me the ambassador of audio. So <laughs> I answer lots of questions from folks um, around the country about audio. And audio has really broad, uh, a very broad description now. It incorporates so much more than just AM, FM. Mm -hmm. So I think there's a lot we'll be talking about today. Yeah, I'm super excited. So to that point where it really encompasses a lot more, you know, we've been really excited about audio. We've been, um, you know, doing some white papers on it, talking about it in our podcasts and, you know, but it's something that in all honesty, in our work as consultants, we have not really heard a lot of excitement from marketers and agencies over the past several years. And I think when we think of audio from the three of our personal experience, it's probably been... 15 or plus years since we've been thinking about, you know, a planning or buying radio and then that, or audio, and, and then audio meant, you know, national and local terrestrial radio. You know, given that this space has grown so much, can you give us a little um, update just to help understand, you know, what does audio encompass? Like, where is the consumption and spend growing and how does Nielsen think about it for measurement? Yeah, I think it's really good to set the stage by defining what each kind of pillar of audio is. So we'll start with AM, FM, been around the longest, um, but it is the, it's where most of the money is spent. Uh, it's around $14 billion a year uh, that are spent in the U.S. on local and national radio ad spend. So about a bill, uh, uh, I'm sorry, I think I said 14 billion, not million. <laughs> so just to be clear. A billion of that is national uh, and 13 of that is um, local. So there's really a lot of opportunity for local advertising and radio that is mainly its bread and butter. But the bigger picture is that radio usage is the strongest. It is the number one reach medium in the US. Uh, it's re listened to by 90% of America on a weekly basis or more. So <laughs> that is the first kind of piece Everybody wants to talk about streaming audio. So that is also a very uh, robust area. Uh, Spotify and Pandora dominate that landscape, followed by iHeart and then go on down the list. Uh, that's around a $4 billion business, but it does not enjoy the same broad reach that AMFM has. It's listened to on a weekly basis by somewhere around 20 to 30% of America. So even though it is something that might be an app you've downloaded or it's the first thing that comes to your mind when someone says streaming audio, it's still a far cry from the broad ubiquity of AM FM radio. And then podcasting, the, uh, 
the the newest kid on the block, if you will, even though it's been around for almost 20 years. Um, interesting thing about podcasting. Do you recall a time even when they used to be like, well, we should call it on-demand audio because podcasting, I mean, people don't even have iPods anymore. Now, I mean, everybody calls it podcasting. They love the term. It's a term of endearment now. It's transcended. Uh, it's kind of negative and positive name, but it is on track to make its first billion dollars next year. So it's still a long way uh, from streaming and AMFM. It's national and it, in fact, it's global by nature and people are really still figuring out uh, what's going on with podcasting. So I get lots of questions about podcasting so much so that I created a measurement service at Nielsen to at least answer some questions about it. Um, so I've got a lot of insight around that area, but again, we're, it's still very new. Uh, some of our services are only two or three years old. So, um, there's still a long runway ahead of us for podcasting. That's great. Um, that actually leads us right into our next question. You know, as both you and Susan said, audio advertising opportunities, even podcasting are not new, but we're seeing so much growth. So with such a fragmented landscape, how should marketers approach audio as a media channel or actually a compilation of tactics? I think you you touched on a couple things here. So from a, a marketer's perspective or an advertiser's perspective, it's almost like the tail is wagging the dog. So we've got questions that come in around podcasting and how do we get involved in podcasting? And there's so many choices. Where do we begin? You know, there's that uh, that fear of, you know, making a mistake, you know, before someone gains enough experience. So they start asking questions about podcasting. Then once they start realizing that it has its limitations, then they kind of come back into audio, like broader audio advertising with streaming and AM FM. Um, and like I said, podcasting um, has its it, it, a national reach and it has very specific topics that are very niche. And then sometimes people go backwards and they say, well, wait a minute, maybe we could just hit a very broad audience with AMFM since so many people are listening and we have so much more clarity. So podcasting has actually been a boost for AMFM. That's why you're seeing a lot of the radio groups are investing in podcasting so they can kind of be bilingual. <laughs> they can speak nationally and locally and work with marketers on both ends of the spectrum. In the middle there is streaming. And if you want to really open it up, streaming audio is common to all three platforms. So AMFM, uh, a lot of the broadcasters are making the same content that you hear on your car radio available on your smartphone. It's the same content and you just have more opportunities to listen to their brand. So they're very much involved in streaming. It took a while. There was animosity at first, but now it's really blended. Streaming audio is streaming audio. It's its main delivery platform and it has even gotten more reliable over the years. But with what was happening with podcasting is it's also becoming a streaming platform too. So there's a lot of like garage podcasters out there that publish their podcasts on, um, uh, I'm drawing a, the name SoundCloud. <laughs> so you can't actually download a podcast from SoundCloud legally. So you're streaming it live, just like you would stream Pandora or Spotify. 
And I just think I heard Appleist now making the same thing available with podcasts that are on their platform where they have like a web player. Uh, so there's the lines are really blurring from what podcasting was, which was downloads to now streams. So obviously Spotify, when you listen to a podcast on there, you're streaming it from their servers. Uh, you're not really downloading it unless it's for offline. So <clears throat> the world is really blurring. The problem with spot with um, podcasting is that most of the metrics for the industry are based on downloads, and it's a very shaky foundation for growth. That's why we're trying to get involved and try to figure out a way to help podcasting be evaluated similar to the way other forms of media are being evaluated so that you have the same level of trust in it that you have with other media. That's interesting. So Sorry, I just wanted to jump in. I had no idea because I think of I, I listen to a lot of podcasts. Um, I don't think I download any of them unless I'm going to like go for a walk and then I make sure I have it so it's on. I, I had no idea that none of that was really being counted towards any official measurement um, on on how they're evaluated. No idea. You're the same as most consumers. They just yeah. want the content. Yeah. So e even in our data, we're seeing that some of the new people that are coming into podcasting, uh, YouTube is one of the top three ways that they listen to podcasts. You cannot download a podcast from YouTube. <laughs> They're not even watching the content. They might be just listening without even looking at the screen. So it really is kind of growing beyond what it was initially intended to be, which was something that Apple kind of made available for the use in their devices. It's grown far beyond that. Wow. I find it so interesting that you said that podcasting or podcasts have been the door in which marketers, advertisers are kind of walking through and then it kind of like opens up a bigger room for all of audio. I, I find that fascinating. Um, you know, let's talk about tools and quantifying a little bit, right? So I'm a media planner say, and you know, I wanna add it to my media plan. You know, how do I actually figure out the incremental reach that podcasting is going to add to my plan. And then I guess within that, you know, what's really going on with all of these formats uh, that you're talking about. So, you know, a media, you know, strategist can, you know, feel confident that, um, you know, when they, when they make that buy, when they put that on the, uh, on, on the communication plan, that it's really adding the incremental reach that they're seeking. Well, I'll give you two things here. So, the first is, why would it show up on someone's plan? Well, podcasting has like the most desirable audience in audio because these are younger consumers, they are educated consumers, and they're wealthy consumers. It's like the trifecta. So it shows up on a lot of media, media plans, and then the buyer gets this, and they're like, well, how do I buy it? I don't have reach. I don't have frequency. So it, it we're, it's a tough spot to be a media planner with regard to podcasting. But we're trying to help you out here. We're making strides in creating some tools um, that help you in that regard. And cross-platform reach is probably the first thing that we're seeing. So you asked about duplication around one from one platform to another. With regard to the industry, you're seeing uh, a lot of different companies come up with podcast rankers. You know, here's the top 10 podcasts in the industry. Uh, you know, they may be 
based on downloads. It might be based on streams. They might come from just one player like Spotify or Apple. Um, it's hard to get your arms around what's happening in the whole ecosystem. So we decided to take some of the existing Nielsen tools and just kind of uh, make them more accommodative to podcasting. We just kind of supersized the podcasting component in some of them. And one of them is uh, the podcast buying power service that we offer. And what it allows us to do is we have conversations with like 200,000 individuals across the country who give us consumer data. And about 40,000 of those people say they listen to podcasts. So we went back to that 40,000 people, those adults who listen to podcasts, and we asked them more questions about their podcast listening. What are some of the top shows they listen to? What genres do they like? How often do they listen? And from there, we got a really rich uh, view of not only what those podcast listeners like uh, as far as shows, but also how they spend their money. Do they drive imports or domestic vehicles? Do they have two or three kids? Um, are they white collar, blue collar? Like we can go pretty deep into who these people are. And that's been really helpful because a, a planner or a buyer is talking to these podcast networks and then they might say, well, look, we have a million people that listen to this show. Well, we don't know anything about those million people. We only know it's been downloaded a million times, hopefully by people. So at least now we can give you an idea of who's listening. So then beyond that, we can look at duplication. So we've been able to look at uh, you know fans of true crime podcasts. How many of them also are fans of kids and family podcasts? There might be a connection there. Um, we can even do the same thing with cross media. So there've been um, certain shows that um, are like conservative political talk shows. They're, they have networks of radio stations that carry their content. They're on network cable television. They even have a podcast. We could examine the overlap of those audiences and look at what kind of incremental reach podcasting can deliver over their broadcast audiences. And what we're finding is podcasting brings in that younger end and it brings in that 18 to 34 audience that might not engage on TV and radio with that content. Interesting. You know, you mentioned like conserv conservative talk radio or true crime. I've mentioned to these guys before, I'm like a Bravo super fan. So I'm like, I listen to four different Bravo podcasts. And so I always wonder how, you know, that kind of like fan base gets captured because I watch all the shows, I'm listening to the podcasts, I'm reading the content, you know, and I've certainly bought plenty of things off of those podcasts. So it's just interesting to, you know, kind of think about how um, I'm getting captured in in some of that reach. But, um, <laughs> you know, always like to mention that I'm a Bravo super fan. But, um, you know, talking about the tools, are there like tools specifically available for like media and channel planners to help evaluate how to select a podcast for a, a plan? And is like, how are you thinking about like, weighted and um, that may be evolving over the next few years? Yeah, like I said, it's really not that helpful to say that Joe Rogan is the number one podcast. That yeah. might be great. That means that everybody should advertise in Joe Rogan. Not really the case. The data that we have looks at certain types of consumers, these mm -hmm. consumer targets. So I did a recent run for uh, retail and I looked at a, an example for JCPenney. And 
JCPenney often competes uh, like on the high end with Macy's and on the low end with Walmart. So there's a lot of overlap between those types of shoppers. I did the same analysis for podcast programs that these uh, groups like. So if you were to grab like the top podcasts out there, like uh, Freakonomics or um, Joe Rogan or um, Oprah or whatever, they're a good fit for any sort of Macy's shopper that Macy's shoppers love those big name podcasts. So do Walmart shoppers too. I know you wouldn't think of Walmart as a key for uh, a good match for podcasting, but they like a lot of those mainstream titles. So there was really, you can't go wrong if you were doing a plan for Walmart or Macy's shoppers. It just so happens though with JC Penny, they like more niche shows so they actually under-index for shows like Joe Rogan or Freakonomics. They're way more into shows like Mommy's Tell All and Rise with Rachel Hollis, probably podcasts that might not be first on your list of uh, titles to think of when you put together a recommendation for a client. But our data shows us that. The 40,000 respondents we have basically told us, I shop here and I do or do not listen to these podcasts. And it's really important because podcasting is a very intimate medium. Just like you said with Bravo, you buy those products. You, it's almost like an endorsement when you hear those products on those Bravo podcasts because it's so tailored to you, Susan, as the consumer. You can't necessarily throw in an ad for just tires on there and expect you to go out and buy your tires there. It's like you are entering like the inner circle when you're advertising in a podcast. So that's why understanding those consumers is so much more important than just the pure volume metrics of who has the biggest audience. That's so interesting. I, I just like Susan and Perry, there's so many things we hadn't thought of. So it's just so great talking to you about this. I want to switch gears a little bit because um, we haven't, we've been talking so much about podcasting for obvious reasons, but if we can go back to some of the other types of audio, like terrestrial and streaming radio, um, can you talk to us about the different audience measurements for, for those? And are you able to look at duplication between the two? And I guess if you could also pepper in there how marketers understand the contribution of each and how you know how they contribute to total audience reach. Yeah, it's a question on a lot of people's minds. And I think it's great that you brought that up, Carly, because we really start to think about uh, media in silos and we've got to break that down. It's it's just not how the consumer thinks. They don't look at it, their schedule for the day and say, I'm going to watch two hours of television now. Then I'm going to switch over to a half an hour of podcasting. It, it, it's, a, it's a patchwork throughout the day. So media plans have to look at it the same way. So having something that, um, like I said, building our research tools on something that is cross-platform from day one is way better off than building a new mousetrap for a new industry and then have to make buyers and planners crazy about understanding a new system and how it's similar or different to what they already know. So we have tools like, um, Nielsen Media Impact, NMI. It's a planning tool that's been around a long time. We're going to be adding more podcasting data into that uh, so that we can try to evaluate podcasting with overlap of um, campaigns on TV, radio, digital, and so on. Um, we still have to build up those more robust tools and get down to kind of reach and frequency metrics. We're not totally there yet, but 
we're making strides and we know that the industry uh, is going to want that eventually if it continues on its continued growth trajectory. But going out of podcasting a little bit, we already have those type of tools for AM, FM and for streaming audio. So anybody that's putting together um, a national buy and wants to look at what contribution Pandora and Spotify have to that uh, television buy, you can do that. Same thing with radio. You can do it nationally, which is being done quite a bit now for a lot of major brands where they can look at how radio can help extend their audience from like a network perspective. We've also added that same functionality for the top 50 local markets where you can look at that in Chicago or New York or Boston or L.A. Um, and a lot of clients are looking at that and what they're finding is it's kind of mind blowing. <laughs> and we've done a lot of it during the political season where there's so much money that is spent on television advertising during like a political campaign. It's the number one uh, medium that they'll use, but they could take the same message and put it on the radio and they could extend their reach of voters by 20, 30, 40% while keeping the budget exactly the same. Leveraging two media instead of one, uh, it's like how you can get to one plus one equals three, and the data shows that through this tool. So there's been a lot of exciting things that are happening. But like I said, with AMFM, it has the reach. It's the number one reach medium. It's just made, it's being underutilized, and we're helping the industry understand what its contribution can be to the media mix. As long as people start to break down the silos and look at it across multiple media, they'll start to see that overlap. Oh, <clears throat> so interesting. Before I get to my question, I just fact checked something in real time. I didn't realize that Nielsen has a podcast. It's called The Database, a Nielsen podcast. So I'll definitely have to become a subscriber to it because I'm kind of like, um, I guess like a Nielsen fangirl. I'm always interested in like the news that you have coming out about, you know, what's on um, your roadmap for new um, and useful, uh, you know, ways for, you know, media communications planners to make, you know, better or more productive decisions. So let's, you know, I'd, I'd love to hear from you about what's on the roadmap. You know, every day there's some kind of like press release, right, about something new. Um, I'm sure you could talk about like, you know, only like the, the latest, like 18 of them. But um, what what are we really going to see in the next like, um, you know, year to three years that's going to make the biggest impact uh, for marketers? Well, it's funny. You said two key things there, press release and podcast. They are at like the other ends of the spectrum from one another. Most people barely get past the headline when they're reading stuff in the trades or uh, hearing it on you know, the news from a consumer standpoint. But <laughs> there's so much more that you can convey to people in a podcast because you're getting past the sound bites. You're getting to have a dialogue just like you would have with uh, a person that you would actually meet and talk to within six feet or more, of course. Um, but the point is, we can convey much more information in a podcast than we can in a press release. That's why we've put out the database podcast and it lets you hear it in a different form uh, and understand the nuance behind it. And I think that's what the appeal of podcasting is from a consumer standpoint is that they are so passionate about a certain that they want to hear much more than they can actually read um, in the press or gather on their own on the web. So, 
that's why um, podcasting really is kind of its own, um, you know, its own thing. But from a measurement standpoint, it has its challenges. And there's one word that's really stopped us in our tracks, which is privacy. So as you know, a lot of the um, player metrics that podcasting enjoys are all within the walled gardens of Apple and Spotify and Google. And privacy is a key concern for all of those companies. So they're really not able to share it with us in a very easy manner, like we could field a survey and ask consumers to opt in. There really is no ability for you to opt in to giving us your information through any of those players. So let me take a step back. Uh, so there's really kind of two methods that we can gather um, audience information. We can do it through surveys and we can do it through big data. And we found that they both have their pluses and minuses. So we're just going to do both. And that plan is called Panel Plus. So at Nielsen, we're going to try to merge the best of what we can get out of a panel and merge it with the best of what we can get from big data sources. And those are player metrics and so on. Meaning if you were to listen to a spot, uh, a podcast through uh, the uh, <clears throat> through the Stitcher platform, then there are start and stop times. There are IP addresses. There's very granular metrics that we can gather. And it's something that we really have uh, can't really do with panels because we, we need a massive panel to get all that fragmented audience. Um, so I'll also mention that um, the big data has its challenges. It also is not, uh, it's not smart data, it's dumb data. So there's sometimes there's bot traffic, there's uh, sometimes plays that happen, um, <laughs> um, false, false downloads. So I'll give you an example. The Apple Watch um, is tied to your phone. So if you are a podcast subscriber to a Bravo podcast like Susan, and she says, I always want to listen to the latest Bravo podcast, iTunes will download it to any of your devices that you have that can listen to a podcast. You could have a laptop, you could have a smartphone, you could have a smart watch. It's going to download that show three times so that you can listen to it on any device without having buffering. Well, when you count up the download metrics, Susan just got counted three times. The IAB is smart to this. They've taken proactive measures to adjust for that. And the problem is that the industry is so reliant on big data thinking that it's so great, but there's there's a lot of pitfalls to it. So there's challenges. Um, I'll also mention, like I said, with Panel Plus, we're really trying to look at it from um, the best of both. So we're taking that big data that's telling us a lot about how you're using the media, but we're then coloring it with what we know about the panels. And we're blending that together in kind of a data science uh, fashion so that it, it's weighted and balanced so that it gives you the advertising answers to the questions you have for clients, but yet it's very robust so that it can be used at really for very fragmented audiences. So we have lots of media options, more than we've ever had from a consumer standpoint, as well as from a marketing standpoint. And we need the same level of data for number one on the list and number 1000 on the list. So that's what we're aiming toward.
makes so much sense. And, you know, you mentioned before all the great things about podcasts. I want to add my favorite thing, that they don't need to be perfect compared to, like you compared before, press releases and really most forms of video content, they have to be perfect. They, you know, all the I's need to be dotted, all the T's need to be crossed, but podcasts, in my opinion, are genuine and better because of their imperfections. And one more thing I wanted to add is, and I can't take credit for this because I heard it during advertising week last month, but I found it so true, Audio is in its second renaissance right now. Like Susan said, we haven't really talked about it in years. And now here we are recording a podcast. <laughs> so well, you're part of it. You, you're making it happen right now. So thank you. And with regard to imperfections, I'm sure there'll be plenty in this podcast from me. But uh, I did want to mention back on the privacy angle, um, there was there is another way that we can get at this. And it's like a double blind match. And that is, we can look at uh, player statistics that are protected by, by privacy controls, but yet they can be hashed. They can be um, anonymized in a way so that we can look at uh, like IP address, uh, you know, one, two, three, four, five, six, and we could take that address and we can anonymize it. And then we can also identify that that group, that individual has also uh, visited pets.com and we could take that data and we could assign that a value and then we could look at that against other big data panels that we have and match it up and say any of these IP addresses that visited pets.com also have these other attributes with them as well. We can't do this at a human level. It needs to be done at a massive machine learning level which is why you're hearing about some new advancements that we're doing to get beyond the cookie-less world that digital is heading into. Those same benefits that are happening in that area are going to translate to audio eventually as well. Uh, digital advertising is kind of leading the front there, uh, but it's going to trickle into the other areas because television and radio are becoming more digital and they're going to take advantages of a lot of these same things. But yet, as consumers, we want our privacy. So we've got to have a way to get past all of those uh, caveats because it's for our, our greater good. Yep, and our listeners can't see us nodding along with everything you're saying. <laughs> um, before we close, is there anything else you want to add about this great topic? Yeah, I guess I would say for the casual listener who is you know, having the same questions we all are about the second renaissance of audio and how to make sense of it for a client, there's two things I kind of want to leave you with. One is for podcasting. I found our clients that are uh, experienced now, they weren't experienced two, three, four years ago, and they got the experience by making the leap. And in order to make the leap, uh, it's hard taking that first step and you learn as you go. So we've done studies from clients who've made a leap in podcasting and we've done an, a, like a brand lift study for them. And we've shown them, look, podcasting has been able to move the needle for your brand with X, Y, and Z. Or now we have this new data from our, our Nielsen families that can match it up with your buying targets. So it's even easier now than it's ever been to make a leap into podcasting. And if you do, it's it's a low dollar amount. It's a low risk investment that could pay big dividends. So I think it's worth the leap. On the AMFM side of things, I think we're finding that people need to make a leap 
like out of television and think about crossing or breaking down those silos and thinking more cross platform like you all are on this call. Um, I'll use pharma as a good example. Uh, pharma brands use tons of television. And if you've ever seen an ad for like um, Plantix or Levitra or whatever you want to call it, these are ads of people like walking through a field. Uh, you know, they're buying chocolate from a store with their grandkids. There's nothing about those visuals that have anything to do with the actual science or the medicine. It's all in the what you hear in those ads. It's there's no risk. And this is for people like you. If you suffer from this, there's now a cure. You could convey all of those same points with an audio ad. And you could reach more people with AMFM, and you can do it for a lot less than you can um, from a budget standpoint than you can with television. So once more brands decide to realize that they could extend their television audience with AMFM radio, they're going to find uh, a lot of benefit in audio advertising. For sure. And don't, if I'm not mistaken, don't a lot of the vendors, they can help with that creative development. It really is. You could take the same ad you have and port it over, or you can optimize it for audio, just like you would optimize a campaign for digital or podcasting. Um, the vendors can do it. It's just a matter of getting it on the plan and making that leap of faith. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much, Tony, for being our guest and for sharing both your passion and deep knowledge about audio, including podcasts. And on behalf of Media Plus Advisors, I'd like to thank our listeners for tuning in. Until next time.